Head of school Peter Bauer hired a public relations company to investigate the opinions of prospective parents in his community. And what they heard back was generally positive, but there were some genuine fears and concerns of classical Christian education. Stay tuned to this episode of Basecamp Live to discover what they found and some helpful and encouraging responses. Mountains, we all face them as we seek to influence the next generation. Get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it Ancient Future Education for Raising the Next Generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Davies Owens sitting here live with my good friend Peter Bauer. How are you, Peter? Doing great. Thank you, you, Davies. Yeah, you've been on Basecamp Live before. It's good to have you back. Number two. Back by popular demand. If you don't know Peter, he is the headmaster of Faith Christian School in Roanoke, Virginia. He's also on the board of SCL, Society of Classical Learning, and a consultant, speaker. What else do you do? You have lots of other claims to fame. Uh, father. Father's Spouse. Important. Yep. Uh, they're my biggest claims to fame. How, your kids are? I have one who's 29 and a mechanical engineer. And as an aside, because they're talking about Christian classical education, I think he's a far better mechanical engineer because he was brought up in a Christian classical education, but that may be another podcast. That, that is indeed another, that is another, we've done that podcast and that's, I, I can never emphasize that enough because I think that that um, stereotype is often, hey, this is just for the uh, kids that like playing chess, violins, and doing Latin, which is yep. all good too. So, well, Peter, let's jump in. This is, I want, the, you have uh, done something not a lot of schools have done, which is to really ask an outside firm, a PR firm, or, or I guess, whatever their official term is, marketing uh, assessment group to come in and just say, hey, take a, do a 360 of our school. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are how old? To, give me a little history on Faith Yeah, Christian. so uh, Faith Christian's 22 years old. Okay. I'm in my sixth year, about uh, 250 students, JK through 12. Uh, we've graduated students beginning in, yeah. uh, let's see, would have been about 2,000. Okay. And you guys have, the problem and, and what we're going to get to are these reasons that many parents, uh, I think we could be so bold to say they fear classical Christian schools. And you guys unearthed some things that probably all of us are at times answering or have for ourselves or for other people. So what are some of the things? Yeah. Yeah. So going into this, uh, we are trying to uh, get behind what might be barriers to parents considering Christian classical education. Yeah. Um, and so to do that, we decided to uh, enlist a professional marketing firm to do focus groups to try and to dig into this a bit. We had a donor that thought this was a good idea, and so uh, we invested in focus groups. So if you'd like, I can kind of give you a little yeah, idea what that looked what it, like. Yeah, sure. yeah what they look like. Yep. So um, they um, started out with asking us, what are the parameters? And so you have to come up with certain parameters. Our parameters were families making $75,000 and above that had school-aged children um, and that were considering a Christian education. So let me, so these are not, are these families at your school or people you consider to be perspectives? Yeah, great question. Uh, So uh, considering perspectives. Okay. Right. So we're, we're trying to get feedback from prospective parents about Christian classical education. And is this like man on the street? Parent on the street? Yeah. Like, where do you find these people? Sure, yeah. great question. So the marketing firm actually hires another firm uh, whose sole purpose is to identify people to sit in on focus groups. <laughs> That's a great job. Uh, yeah. yeah, so um, 
they have people that have previously said, look, if you have a focus group, we're willing to serve, and then they do cold calls. So they are calling families, engaging families, and finding those that meet the parameters. And did you really feel like these are, I mean, after you got through it, did you feel like they were actually viable prospective families? Or are they? it seems like that would be really hard to know if the data is correct, if the families aren't really in your strike zone. Fascinating question. Uh, I think that this represented a group of parents that we would anticipate might consider Christian classical education. So it wasn't totally out of the box. Yeah. But had it been, uh, you know, right in the strike zone, they probably would have already gotten a hold of us. Were, were any of them former um, faith Christian parents that maybe were out there? Yeah. This, so this isn't a direct answer to your question. When they yeah. set up their focus groups, they do one focus group, 10 people, 10 parents, as a baseline. And so that was our parents. And basically the information you're getting from them is, okay, so why are you at a Christian classical education? Why are you at faith specifically? Yeah. Um, And so they just kind of try and get a baseline. Then they had three other groups. And those groups uh, were 10 individuals. Some could have been couples. And they come in, and there's a facilitator that starts to dig into kind of what's behind their thinking in in choosing schools. And are these, again, profiled to be in that, when I think of prospective families— you tend to get the young family, starry-eyed, first kid coming through, and then you get the rebound families that have been somewhere else. So it was a good mix of both? They worked very hard at getting a mixture. I mean, we were very pleased with the work that they did to try and get a broad range of parents that might be considering a Christian Great. classical education. Great. Well, let's get into it, because this, this is, again, I think, even though this was local to your school, these issues that these perspectives um, stated uh, in terms of concerns or fears of the classical Christian school, I think are really in the minds of even those of us who are already signed up in, in these schools. So what was, let's just jump in. What was the first thing that kind of came out as a resounding concern? Sure. So uh, I think not surprising to us was the idea. It's a sheltered environment that we have placed these kids in a bubble uh, and they'll have uh, no experience in the real world at all. If they attend our school, they will come to our school be in a bubble, go home, be in a bubble, and uh, never engage, quote-unquote, the world. Yeah. I guess Opie eventually needs to leave Mayberry, go well, to the big city. Yeah, That's one a concern. Would so. <laughs> yeah. And you guys are K-12, so this, again, is... JK through 12. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. And that's, so we hear that all the time. In fact, I think a lot of parents will say, I love the classical Christian school, made perfect sense, K-8. But high school, we need to make sure they go into the real world. Right. And and I think in my involvement uh, with Christian classical education, but just as an educator over 40 years, uh, you know, um, Christian schools aren't exempt from issues that involve the world. So I think that's one place to start yeah. is kids are still struggling uh, with some of the kids that all struggle with, that, that all kids struggle with. The difference there, they've got people that can really come alongside them and help yeah. them think through it and live through it in ways in a secular environment uh, they might not be able to. Um, and the other thing is, just speaking personally, uh, we shared this concern with our son that we wanted him to be prepared to, quote, unquote, enter culture. So uh, we took advantage of opportunities, say, during the summer, Uh, where he was enrolled in different camps, where he was a Boy Scout. Uh, But we, in a sense, took responsibility for how he would be engaged in culture. Um, And I think that's a better way to look at it. As a parent, just because your kid goes to a Christian school doesn't mean there aren't other ways for you to involve your child in introducing them, if you want to use that term, to the world. Do you think that's, in many ways, it almost seems laughable to me that a kid today growing up in our techno-infusion 
constant barrage of things in the world of marketing that they would, that anybody would even think their kid would be sheltered. I know what parents are saying, but is that almost a, I mean, a false fear, really? Is well, it? the other side of that is I can't think of a better time to have at least some bubble. Right. Uh, well, and yeah, and maybe that maybe that's again. I know we're going to move quickly through these. We could do a whole podcast on each right. topic, but I, I, yeah, I think we're unashamedly bubble put. We want bubbles on grammar school kids, don't yep. we? And probably yep. in some junior hires. And, right. And a lot of the classical schools might read somebody like Nietzsche in the upper school. So yep. they're being introduced to one of the greatest uh, uh, minds against uh, Christianity. Yep. And so again, I don't think it's that we're pulling any shade over our eyes it's it's really at what at what time and at what yeah. level do we engage them in a meaningful way so that they are ready yeah and we've done podcasts on the very topic of why are kids reading pagan books i mean it seems right. we're literally bringing in all dimensions of human uh you know victories as well as foibles and failures and, and we're going to kind of vicariously I like to think of it as an immunization they're getting mm-hmm. this it's yeah. not a shelter right. thing um anything else on that topic that you've shared with parents to maybe help Give a better perspective on that. Uh, n- nothing that immediately comes to mind, yeah. but I do think it's something that we all deal with. And I, uh, and again, I think yeah. uh, there's a lot of reasons to think about how to shelter your kids in a way that makes sense as you yeah. grow them into understanding how to engage culture and taking responsibility as a parent to do that uh, in a way that and makes within sense within your family. And what's Absolutely. appropriate for your own family? Yeah. That makes total sense. And it's interesting. Just a quick footnote. Um, I remember a couple of years ago we had a, a young man come into our junior year which is a very late entry point, but came in and was, um, it really struggled with, with simply the ability to have such free and open flowing conversation because he'd actually come out of a public school mm-hmm. where he was constantly trained to be very sensitive to ever talk about much of anything because he might trigger his friend next to him. And so this sort of, you talk about being sheltered and, yeah. and limited. Yeah. Um, we have we can talk about anything. So. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah. th- that is a very strong point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's go. So secondly, what was another, uh, these focus groups, what did you hear as a fear that parents may have? Sure, and, I'm, uh, and again, I think we all experience this, and it's affordability. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the frustrations there from uh, a school's perspective, particularly admissions and head of school, is often they don't even give you the chance to make it affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you struggle with, is this, m- might this be some, some sort of excuse not to pursue it? Uh, because they don't, they don't want to afford it at any level. Uh, and the other side of that is I think all of our schools work extremely hard to make it affordable. And many of about a third of our students currently receive some sort of tuition assistance. Um, so uh, again, not a surprise, uh, but just, uh, having reinforced for us that we, we've got to figure out some ways to try and engage parents who, uh, are straight arming, considering a Christian classical school and maybe even private school in general, with the idea that it's not affordable. Yeah, and I think that that's probably the most polite excuse to give. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we hear that, and really, that's not actually what's going on. We'll come to some other excuses in terms of yeah. fears and challenges. I I, I remember, um, uh, I think it was actually David Goodwin was on a flight coming back in um, to our town a year or so ago, and and struck up a conversation, and he mentioned he was on the board at the Ambrose School. And the person's comment was that, well, I, I would never, we, we, we didn't consider the school because we knew it was, it was just too expensive. Right. And then he went on to say, well, did you, where did you get that information? I was like, well, I just heard it was. Yeah. Did you look at the website? No, no, we didn't look at the website. Yeah. So I think it's the same idea. If you, if you questions there, most of our schools will do a lot to try to make sure our families can be there. So financial yeah. aid and everything else. Yeah. And, I, and, and, you know, a difficult uh, question to ask is, uh, hmm. you know, what is the cost of not? 
doing yeah, it, of exactly. not pursuing yeah. other options in education. Uh, so if you had a family say, if we've got limited resources and we can afford the K-12, but they're on their own for college, would you say that's probably a good thing to consider, get the foundation dollars from those younger years? Uh, well, I think there's proof in the pudding. I think a lot of our kids are getting scholarships at exceptional levels because of what's occurred in JK through 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there are some very sound arguments for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other side, and again, we've all been moved by this as parents that have been willing to downsize. Yeah. To afford. There's amazing stories of of sacrifice of families. So, yeah, absolutely. We'll do one more and then we're going to take a break. What's another reason that uh, parents on that focus group said? Again, one that all of us have heard is limits in extracurricular activities. And again, I think one of the questions is, you know, so how many extracurricular activities do you really need? Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're Americans, though, Peter. We need choice. We need lots of options. Lots of options. (laughs) I want a buffet for my kids. Right. And so I think one of the strengths of a classical education is uh, most of them, I think the majority of them, had thought very intentionally and carefully about extracurricular activities that reinforce what it is we're, we're trying to inculcate in our kids. And you don't need a whole buffet. What you do need is a, a, a few uh, that allow students to engage in activities that we believe are going to be meaningful in yeah. their lives. Yeah. So I know, I know we did a <clears throat> podcast about a year ago with our basketball coach. I think we called it Sports Gone Mad. And there's that may, maybe for some families that's where the hang-up is, is that this is their ticket to scholarships. And we talked about the 0.001% that might get a scholarship. And, you know, and, and, and yeah, I don't know how many students – you could look at it and say, I really believe that they need to be at this hyper-specialized program because they really have what it's going to take to be the next Olympian. I mean, I'm, those are good exceptions, I think. They're probably not the rule. Right. And unfortunately, I think we're in a culture, too, where kids are making decisions for parents and parents are struggling with having their child be happy. Yeah. Uh, rather than um, making those decisions. That's for a biblical kids. principle. Aren't you I supposed to be happy? <laughs> Where's joy that Where's that's that in the bible joy happiness that's, right. that's good and stuff. everybody should be that way yeah including my kid what do you want i don't know i don't want to eat that okay well it no, i think you're right sometimes a tail wags a dog in yep. that i also know there's sometimes parents just don't realize that i mean as good paying taxpayers in most of our communities you're if the school doesn't offer a sport it's available my son ran track at our yep. public high school and that was great i felt like i got some for my tax dollars so yep. yeah well, we, my son was uh, interested in computers. There weren't yeah. any at the Christian classical school that he yeah. attended, but we made sure he had access to it in summer camps and other places. Which, by the way, is part of the antidote back to problem one Correct. on sheltered environment. My yep. son got quite a, a eye-opening experience running track uh, at the public yeah. school. And it was good. I mean, yeah. it wasn't too Agreed. much, but it was enough to temper that curiosity a bit. So, yeah. All right, well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with uh, Peter Bauer. We're going to d- continue on with other things that were discovered in this focus group that I think a lot of us uh, parents down and probably teachers too wonder what is the answer to that question. We'll be right back. I'm a 2009 graduate of New St. Andrews College, and I'm a commercial property manager. I am a programmer. I'm a real estate broker. I actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in the Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. For more information, visit us online at nsa.edu.
Welcome back to Basecamp Live. Davies Owens here chatting with Peter Bauer. You know, Peter, I was just thinking over the during the break there that um, if folks have not heard your first interview, you can go to our Basecamp Live website and put in Peter Bauer, and it should pull up the other podcast. But one of the things that uh, if folks have not heard your full story, and maybe mm-hmm. give give us the thirty second of the it, thirty second thirty second Peter Bauer story, because it's really encouraging. Sure. Yeah. All right. Thirty seconds. Start the. Uh, so I grew up in Philly. Attended the top rated school in the state of uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Private school. Uh, graduated from there. Went to a small liberal arts school in Ohio. Uh, ended up working there in, in their admissions office. Uh, as a result, I visited uh, schools and. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Florida, Ohio, etc. I was on campuses where kids were delivered by limousines and helicopters. I've seen that must have been a classical Christian school, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, with a helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I saw transcripts from college, uh, mm. high schools that had seven, twelve APs on them. Anyway, to, to summarize, I, I had experienced and seen the best education I had to offer. Yep. So uh, it ended up. Uh, I ended up back in Philly with my wife and my son because I was, I ended up working at my alma mater. So my son's attending the top rated school in the state of Pennsylvania as a second grader. We found out about Christian classical education between his second and third grade year. We pulled him out of a 150 year old school with 800 students, all the bells and whistles, put him in the basement of a church with 17 kids, JK through 12. That was only six years old best decision we've ever made. Wow. He is, uh, I think, far better educated than he would have been in that private school. And, and I've told many people, my son's a different man. And and I think I can't think of a better person to be addressing these concerns and someone who literally walked away from what most people would consider to be the promised land of education yeah. for your kid. Yeah. And this is, uh, so all of these things you've had to think about uh, in particular. So we've talked about worries over our kids are going to be sheltered. They're never going to be ready for the real world. We've talked about the affordability concerns. We've talked about uh, concerns of limited um, curriculum. Now, I know some folks are listening like, yeah, you guys just kind of went right through that. I'm sure there are other counter questions. Email me. I'll try to help you with the counter questions. But I can say I'm familiar with these. This sounds very familiar. And uh, at the end of the day, again, some families may decide this is just not going to be right for us. But I, I hope that in, in those who are hearing, we're getting at some concerns that we all experience. So let's continue on. What else did the focus group find as a stumbling block for families? Sure. So it might be helpful uh, to hear how these ran. There was, as I said, 10 um, individuals, parents who had school-age kids uh, who had already been pre-selected that they were considering a, a, a Christian education. And the facilitator would engage them in questions. And uh, so at one point, the facilitator was asking them about their current experience. Um, all of the uh, parents there had children in public schools. Um, and they had some significant concerns with uh, the nature of the, the um, public school education they were receiving. And at one point, the facilitator, facilitator transitioned and said, okay, so you know, tell us then about pursuing Christian schools. And, and honestly, I, I would not have anticipated kind of what came out of this. Uh, almost to a, a, a parent, they expressed concern that their kids may learn something in a Christian school that essentially they might be uncomfortable with. Interesting. Okay, so un- you got to unpack that in, in terms of. So I, uh, my sense is, yeah. and, and unfortunately the facilitator did not pursue it directly. But my sense was, uh, and again, I'm, I'm, this is conjecture, is that uh, generally in culture, uh, a lot of Christian parents have not thought uh, deeply 
about their faith, have engaged at a level of kind of um, uh, worldview and, and, and kind of theological understanding where if their child came home uh, with something that, you know, maybe they weren't, um, that their church, say, was not comfortable with or, or had a different view on, that the parents would feel uncomfortable about how to kind of help walk their child through that. And so here the juxtaposition was, um, you know, my children are learning things at public schools I'm not comfortable with, but I'm also not comfortable with what they might learn at a Christian school. To the point at which they wouldn't enroll them because of the fear. I mean, this is, it's, that's just, it's like fascinating psychology. I mean, you can't tell me that a Christian parent, again, this is who yeah. you're talking to, knowing all of the potential challenges their child would face in a public school yeah. would be almost equally troubled by it. I mean, this, let's unpack this more because I find this fascinating. Sure. So for, for me personally, there was a level of disappointment. Like we know we have barriers to get over. Like we talked about affordability and the idea that, yeah. um, you know, that's a sheltered environment. This was not a barrier in terms of engaging people in considering Christian classical education that I would have anticipated. Mm-hmm. That, um, uh, that in their child going into a Christian school, that their child might face... Uh, issues within the Christian faith that might be more intimidating or more, let's just use the, you know, the word dangerous. Than so, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously I'm guessing like in the land of secondary doctrines, we're not talking yeah, about, like, you're no, not, yeah. we're going to probably all agree Jesus is God's son and he died for our right. sins. But now you're telling my child that some people sprinkle instead of dunk. Like what do we, what, yeah. what's the big egregious thing they're going to hear? Uh, and that's um, what I don't know. And that's what was just really interesting. In yeah. fact, uh, the parents were pre-selected as Christian parents, because the um, selection process asked them specific yeah. questions, major questions about what they believed. So these people were cleared with what we would all um, call the major points, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently intimidated. So, but when I so is your sense, Peter, from this that the intimidation is, as you described it, the child is in a class and they're studying a theology issue or a history issue. Let's leave it at theology, I guess, and. The parents just—they've never had to face that question themselves. They're—they're I mean, they're ill-equipped, possibly. So, so is the issue, and I could see, and being a parent and understanding, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there that passes Christianity, and there's a lot of that stuff I wouldn't want my kid to sit under. Mm-hmm. Almost would rather have them in a secular environment than a cultish, crazy Christian mm-hmm. environment. I can could see that. Right. But you're talking about. Um, you're talking about just that sense is the intimidation more that the parent doesn't want to be shamed with your kid. Is that really what we're talking about? I, I, I think it could be, um, I, I, you know, it, it was just so interesting. It kind of, yeah. set, it, it set me back, but I think it, again, what I would want is that a parent would be willing to come to the school yeah. and dig into that a little bit. Right. And it may be, so again, this is worthy of an entire podcast, but I think that, the encouragement, and again, we want to leave this not just in distress. So I think the encouragement is that, yeah, you are going to, it's it's a pretty much guarantee over a 13-year journey with most of our schools that have, you know, you know, most schools I've been a part of are, you know, dozens, if not, you know, 50 or 60 churches represent. You are going to get differences. Yeah. But don't you want that? I mean, I guess that's yeah. the question. I mean, a- Absolutely. And again, you know, to think that we can offer kids an environment where they're having uh, able to engage in difficult conversations about deep theological principles, uh, where they are heard, and where the whole idea is, it, it's not, no, you can't believe that. It's, let's ask really good questions yeah. 
about what this means, about what it leads to, uh, with, I think, our hope that when we've trained our kids how to ask good questions, that will lead them to understanding. Yeah. And in understanding, they'll find truth and ultimately worship. And so, uh, again, I think this is a great value of Christian classical education is our willingness to allow kids in, to engage uh, in deep theological questions uh, sometimes that yeah. remain a mystery. I mean, I, I think of a parent, I could see or I, in my head, I'm imagining a parent saying, okay, I appreciate what you guys are saying. I also can imagine if you are maybe a more of a, let's say, a Pentecostal Mm-hmm. Christian, and you're at a lot of these. A lot of the classical Christian schools tend to attract more reformed mm-hmm. type people, and I could see there being a lot of reformed type yeah. teachers that you know maybe uh, being less sensitive than they should be and making comments that a kid comes home and says, "Hey, they said anybody that right. fill in the blank is you know a whatever," and now right. we've just been you know made fun of by our school and our kids are put in a bad spot. Like I mean, there are definitely examples, yeah. and hopefully that's far the exception than the rule. Yeah. But uh, but again, one would. We're going to bump into each other around any number of things related to the deep okay. ideas of life. So. Right. So let's circle back around to a sheltered environment in the sense that— Yeah, you know, we, we a bit ironic, isn't uh, it? Yeah. yeah. This is not a place where we're going to shelter our kids. We're going to engage them in different viewpoints with the idea of rather than just telling them what to believe— we're going to help them learn right. what to believe and what is true and what right. is good and what is beautiful. So I think it really is on the school to help reassure, because there is definitely a you know a power-based difference in a, you know, a group of seventh graders and a learned professor. And if mm-hmm. the learned professor, is going to, whatever he or she says, is going to carry right. a lot of weight. So I right. think you do want to know as a parent that the school is going to be sensitive, if I can use that word in our modern yeah. day, to uh, a variety of theological perspectives and yeah. yet major on what's deep and true and universal. Yeah. So it's a, there's a balancing act, but yeah, I think hopefully parents will come and have that conversation. But again, that's going to be, you can, sure you've got that risk or what's the other risk. You have your kid down at XYZ prep school, wherever. And who knows what humanistic worldview thing you're getting all day long, all day long from that learned professor in the seventh grade classroom. So, So I think, you know, I, my encouragement to parents is, you know, be honest with yourself and be honest with the school. What's, is the problem, is the problem really an affordability problem or is it actually that you're going to, you're worried that your kids are going to have a, you know, better education than you. And I, again, I would, wouldn't you want your kids to have a better education than you, but you know, uh, mine did. I mean, I freely admit, even yeah. though I have a doctorate, look, it's okay. There are things my kids yeah. are, I'm like, I don't remember that or I don't know I, that my you're, you're blessed, my son, you know, you're getting some yeah. things I never had. So, you know, for me, the takeaway is I think all parents need to pursue um, options. And when they do that, they need good information. So rather than making assumptions uh, and making decisions that, that aren't fully informed, uh, I would just encourage parents to take the time to check into their options and dig deep. Yeah. And dig deep. And one of the questions uh, we ask a lot, or one of the things we talk a lot about in Christian classical education is, uh, you know, what's the profile of the graduate? Yeah. So so what will this student look like when they graduate from, from uh, if it's the parent asking your school? And I just think there's going to be a lot of information in there about uh, how a child going to a Christian classical school might differ from other yeah. schools. And that's worthy of taking into account. Um when you're thinking about how to educate your child. Absolutely. Well, our time is, is quickly, uh, ran. We got a, a little bit, a few more minutes. I, anything else that just as you were handed this report from this outside firm that you just thought, I really want to 
address this issue. Yeah, so let me tell you what we heard about the reasons to choose a, a, a Christian school. Well, uh, that would be good. We yeah. probably should throw a few positives Right, in. so same parents, Yep. and they can identify the following. A Christian school will re- uh, reinforce spiritual values. Uh, the Christian values will, will promote love and respect. This translates to passionate teachers, confident students, caring adults, accessibility to teachers and administration in small classes. And so you hear that balanced against... We should have started with that. Yeah. 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 Um, so even, you know, again, yeah. it's, it's just fascinating from a mm-hmm. point of admissions as you have parents that see so much good in this potential option, yet still hesitant to pursue it. And my mm-hmm. encouragement is to any parent or parent who has friends that are considering it, you know, um, get them to the school, yep. help them to experience it. Uh, and make the decision after they have the information they need to make the best decision for their family. Well, and I think take the long view. I mean, I, I increasingly encourage parents not only to think about the 12th and 13th grade transition and readiness there, but jump all the way ahead to when they're 40 or 50 years yep. old and they're dealing with the realities of the real world. Right. Um, how equipped are they at that point? Yeah. My, my son's a better employee. He's a better manager. He's a better spouse. He's uh it's just been, uh, I feel very humbled, you know, that, that uh, um, Christian classical education hijacked us. But he did miss out on limousine uh, oh, riding. Oh, shoot, that's he, he's, right. He doesn't have the, quite the, <laughs> carry himself with that, that sort of nose in the air that you would yeah. have hoped, I suppose. No, I'm just kidding. Well, Peter, thanks for this, uh, I think, very encouraging and, and sort of honest critique. I, I think we, we, there's nothing to hide. I mean, the same nope. way we don't mind our kids asking questions. If parents here listening, you're like, you guys just barely scratched the surface. Well, email us. I'd love to hear yeah. more um, thoughts on this because I, th- I think the more we kick these proverbial tires, the more we come back and go, these are, there are good answers to these concerns and questions. Yeah. And it's just a matter of asking to your point, persist in your concerns. I think the answers are there. So. Right. We shouldn't be afraid to be asked questions. Yeah, don't, don't check out too early. Yeah. So. Thanks for all you do, Davies. Hey, great thanks to be with for, you, man. We'll get you back on again. Thanks so much, Peter. Right, take care. That's a wrap on another episode of Basecamp Live. And guys, we know it is not easy raising the next generation. This idea of ancient future education, it's so valuable. It's so important. We're all excited about it. We'd love to hear about you and we want to help support you in what you're doing. So find us, Tweet us at Basecamp Live. If you're on Instagram, look for us there. Send us an email, info at BasecampLive.com. We'd love to hear from you. Let us help you carry the load along this journey and encourage us as we go through this journey as well. Thank you so much.